a thing to know about confidence. You're not ever a confident person or an underconfident person because confidence is, is situation specific. It's about practice. Some people are very confident when they're with their friends, but they can't walk into a, a party. Yeah. yeah. So, so that is, so it is situation specific. So confidence is all about practice. So welcome, dear podcast listener and podcast viewer. Um, broken the fourth wall already, though, so you see that. It's yeah. always all right. <laughs> okay, so I'm delighted, excited, beyond honoured, and I know she's spent four hours getting here today. So Susie's uh, sat with me today. I'll, I'm going to introduce you, Susie, and then you can tell me who you really are, right? So actress, voiceover artist, uh, keynote speaker, uh, best-selling author, uh, Art of Brim, Brill trainer, obviously, mum and wife bit as well, um, but I don't know much about those. But one of the most phenomenal speakers on the and, and you're in a, a team where loads of people are phenomenal, and yet you still to stand out in a phenomenal team, which is takes some doing, girl. So, who are you really? That's who I think you are. <laughs> <laughs> terrified in every single one of those situations. Are you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You? Yeah, so when when I listen to you saying that, and it, it's probably the same for you. I know that I've had you come and speak at different businesses I've worked for, and you always say, God, Susie, don't big me up. Yeah. Because as soon as someone's doing that and doing yeah. the intro and you're kind of saying how amazing that person is, what's your thought instantly? Isn't that interesting that, that we... Oh, can't, can't be talking about me. Can't be talking <laughs> about me. That's imposter syndrome. That's probably something that we could maybe talk about in, in a bit. But you but think, I mean, don't you? You think yeah. when someone is picking you up, yeah. well, there's only one way yeah, from there, right? And that is, yeah. that is massive. So let's down. start again then. Right, Suze is an awful trainer, absolutely shocking mum and wife. <laughs> is that better? Like that, that, that is there's only like one it. way we can go now, which is up. Yeah, I see what you did there. That's yeah. very clever. Yeah. yeah. No, no, seriously, Suze, because I mean, I don't know. I can't remember how many years you've been doing the Art of Being Brill stuff, but you sort of nailed the Art of Being Brill as the keynote in the workshop early on. And then you branched out into the sort of public speaking that we'll get to. So tell me about the back the backstory, first of all. Yeah. I mentioned actress. So what's the. Yeah, I did. So, I mean, the backstory through all of this actually was that yeah, I started off as a as an actress. Started off actually as a as a gopher in film production because I was too scared to go into acting. And I thought, well, at least if I can be in the industry, then that'll be enough. Yeah. And actually, it wasn't. It was really painful. So I used to work with often famous actors. I'm going to keep doing that. Uh, famous actors, um, and I would, you know, make tea for them and sort their diary. And I'd drop them off at the at the set, and then I would watch them do what I wanted to do, and it was yeah. excruciating. So eventually, I plucked up the courage to go and act. And I've well, a, a year at drama school, but three years at university before that. Um, and I acted as a jobbing actress, as in like I. I got whatever I could get, <laughs> whatever was paid, I would say yes to, toured, you know, the, the world almost and loved it, mm. um, but lived hand to mouth. And I, honestly, I bowed out the industry because I couldn't deal with the nerves. I could not deal with the nerves. And my, I think there was a real breaking point for me in that I had, I, I landed a, a big opportunity, probably the biggest that ever came my way. And that so I loved Shakespeare as an actor. Uh, and I got an audition for the Royal Shakespeare Company, and I'm a real prepper. And when I've got time to prep and, you know, loads of time to practice for an audition, generally I could go in and, and kind of smash it, but then take the scripts away and, and ask me to improvise. 
and I would all of a sudden forget that I could speak. <laughs> and that's what happened yeah. in the RSC. Yeah. And I fell to pieces and 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 blew it. And I remember at that point, I thought I have to sort this out. I, right, I've got to bow out of the industry because I can't take it. But also, I've got to work out why the fear takes me out and how I can overcome it. Well, that's interesting. I mean, like fear, because now you you will present a keynote in front of a thousand people, yeah. seemingly fearlessly, or is the fear still there? Always there. Oh my gosh, always there. I did a, it was the last gig was, was yesterday. And, and I walked into that room having all the conversations that I always, always have with myself. This is the time you're going to fall on the floor. This is the time. Do you remember that time a few, you know, a couple of years ago or a couple of months ago, we didn't quite get that bit right. And you're going to screw that up again today. I'm and quite reassured by this, Suze, because I have that voice in my head as well. The <laughs> self-sabotaging little inner chimp that's telling me, and so we why should the... anybody listen to you? Yeah. So that's the voice in my head, yeah. And that's the voice that will never, ever go away, right? But yeah. the only difference, I think, the only difference, yeah. and there will definitely be some people out there who, who hear it less and hear it quieter, yes. maybe. And it gets better with practice, of course it does. Um, but I think the only difference is that I have learned that, that, do you know what? That fear is gonna appear. That little critic is gonna pop up. And so I've just listened to what it tells me so that I expect it now. And then I know what happens to my body as a result of that critic going, you're gonna mess up. And so I know then what sort of things to take myself through just to get my head and body into a more resourceful state. That's it, I think. That's okay, it. well, you made that sound like, like really kind of quite simple and easy, but I think if it was simple and easy, we'd we'd walk through life fearlessly and everybody's, well, anxiety is like a big issue. I mean, it's the age of anxiety, isn't it? Everybody's mm -hmm. got fear that's bubbling up and it becomes a, a, a verging on stress there. So let's maybe it's worth going through, because I think the, the problem with all of this is that you end up not pushing your comfort zones because it's too scary. Mm -hmm. So, um, but I think, and, and you build these barriers around yourself to protect yourself from all the scary stuff out there in life. But those barriers then end up, um, you're pinned in by them, aren't you? In yeah. your life, I, want, I don't want to get to the age of 105 and having unexplored potential and, and living within my comfort zone. I think it was David Taylor, I read his book, he said, people who live in comfort zones are actually quite uncomfortable. Yeah. And I think he's bang on with that. So how do we, maybe we can explore how can we, begin to, whether it's public speaking or presenting or whether it's anything, how can we push those comfort zones? Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I kind of probably made that sound simple. But when I said that's it, it's uh, I, what I meant was the fear is always there, right? And the only difference is that yeah. actually I just kind of know how it's going to present itself and then what I can do. Um, so I think the the big thing is being able to to talk about it, or like, or being aware of it first off. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of people confuse the fact that that feeling of discomfort well, that means danger, right? So I've got to stay as far away from it as I possibly can. Yeah. Um, but they say sort of, you know, three really big things to confidence is that, you know, you've got your your comfort zone, right? And outside of that, you've got your stretch zone. So yeah. we've all heard of a comfort zone, that little, every activity we find easy and relaxing, everything we do day to day, those things that keep us kind of pen, penned in, yeah. right? Because we just know it and it's safe. But then beyond that, what not a lot of people get familiar with is their stretch zone, yeah. right? Which is a little bit beyond. So things that we, that make us slightly nervous, 
but that we can do without going to pieces, right? And then beyond that is our like panic zone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you completely lose it. Yeah. Um, and they always say this. Why that motto is an old adage, but it's an old adage because it's blinking true. And that is just if you can just do those little things. Where you can go, okay, I'm a little bit scared, right? Because nerves are not a problem in in and of themselves, mm. right? It's when they start to go into fight or flight and take you into that realm of panic. That's when they become a problem. Yeah. But if you can have a little dance with them, and you kind of know how they're going to show up, and then you can know what you can do just to keep them here, right? And I'm pointing to my stomach, rather than have them take over your whole yeah. body. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it's those little things that you can do just to push yourself, right? So what's because if you go into panic, right, that can just make you crack under pressure and you will never want to try that thing again. Mm. But if you can take those little steps, say, okay, oh, my God, I'm absolutely petrified of public speaking, for example. Okay, so what is the, what's what's a stretch for me? Okay, so I might not be ready to go and stand up in front of hundreds of people. That would be panic. Yeah, yeah. that would be panic. But I might be able to just say I'm going to cover this five minutes in this team meeting I've got tomorrow and just put myself forward for that. Or I might just decide that I'm going to put that meeting in to ask that thing from that person yeah. that slightly intimidates me. Yeah. Right. So if you can just do a little bit of that every single day, yeah. right. you know, that comfort zone is, is going to stretch, but there will always be the panic zone. There will always be the things that send you. Yeah. Send but you I guess panic. when you stretch that, that stretch zone, then you don't go back into the comfort zone, do you? The comfort zone expands. Be, is that how it works? I think so. I think so. But at the same time, I don't know about you, but if I have a summer off, you know, six, seven weeks of yeah. not talking, the first gig I do is always rusty. <laughs> so the, the un- tell the listeners that, Susan. They won't book you in September the 1st, will they? <laughs> Very, true. Very true. Did not think that out of at all. Um, but unfortunately, I think it is the sad truth. Actually, you can go back. So you've got to keep doing it. You just yeah. have to keep doing those things. And actually, I think that really importantly, a thing to know about confidence is that you're not ever a confident person or an underconfident person because confidence is, is situation specific It's about practice yeah. so what you're more practiced in yeah so there's is belief in your own abilities so you know some people are, are overconfident or very very confident yeah. at running a business but but have no confidence when it comes to asking someone out yeah yeah or how they dress some people are very confident when they're with their friends but they can't walk into a, a party yeah. yeah. So, so that is, so it is situation specific. So, confidence is all about practice. So, let me let me take that a bit further then, because we have written a book together, haven't we? Yeah. Well, you wrote most of it. It's a girl's girl's guide to being fearless. So, you had to own that rather than me. But now you talk about self, the difference between confidence and self esteem. To think, because I've thought they'd be this kind of same thing, but there's a, the difference. What's self esteem? Yeah, really important well, difference actually. Yeah. So self-esteem is, you know, I was saying that confidence is situation specific, right? Yeah. So it's all about practice. Self-esteem, though, is a, is, is a feeling that you carry with you all the time, right? So um, yeah. if you have high self-esteem, you feel good about who you are, right? So you know you are deserving to be in every room. You know you are valued. You know you're worthy, um, and, and the, uh, Fearless is a, is a good book, Pippa, Pippa Grange, and she talks about there are two yeah. types of fear that we suffer from, right? So it's the I'm not good enough fear and then the in-the-moment fear. And I would call it, well, actually, this is, the, this is the self-esteem problem here, and then this is the confidence problem here. So if you go to work on self-esteem, because if you have high self-esteem, you will put yourself out of your comfort zone and, and try more things more. Because right? yeah. you know if you suck at something that you're trying... Mm-hmm. 
it's all right because yeah. <laughs> you're still valued right you're still a decent human you are still yeah. worthy and all those things right so you let yourself suck at more things and then you practice those things if you want to if you want to get better yeah. and then you become better at those things and then that is where confidence creeps in right so self-esteem has to come first right so if you've got self-esteem like i said those things that you want to get better at you you get better at so where does self-esteem come from that's that can't come from anything external, can it? Yeah. That's got to come from in here. I <laughs> don't find that. Yeah, so it's the conversations you have with yourself in your yeah. head. So that's where it starts. That is where it ends. So whatever your nervous system will respond to, whatever you're telling yourself, you know, you are in your head. And that's the tricky bit. It's a confidence we can practice. We get better by default. Yeah. Um, because that little critic kind of comes down from the realm of panic every time you do something. Just that little bit more. And, and, and sort of eases into that that area of of comfort. When it comes to self-esteem, <laughs> that's to do with, you know, we say, you know, when you're born, if you want something, you blink and scream and shout for it. You look right, you are deserving. Yeah. Like you look at yourself in the yeah. mirror and you go, well, you know, I'm this chubby eight-month-old. You don't tell yourself that though, do you? No. And actually, and my favourite of all time, and I use this still in, you know, workshops and stuff, is that you said, right, at, at nine months old, when your mum showed you, you in the mirror, yeah. you didn't go, oh my God, I'm bored. <laughs> <laughs> Look at those oh cheeks, God. those fat hamster cheeks. <laughs> Look at my belly. I see, yeah. I could never be seen in public. You no? never tell yourself that. It's, <laughs> it's as you get older. <laughs> you, don't, you don't care. You don't even know it's you, do you, until you're out a year and a half. You can't even recognise yourself. But yeah, that little squashed up child with big hamster cheeks and a bald head. It's not a nightmare. It's like, oh my gosh. Yeah, I'm yeah. awesome. So, so therefore, it's all learned. We are that blank slate, and then gradually, layers and layers and layers get added to us sure. until our best self starts to hide. We forget about it. We, where does it go? It's yeah. still there. That 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 version, that happy-go-lucky. That's who we are born to be, isn't it? That amazing. Couldn't care less what's in the mirror. That's how we started out. So how did we get to here? Where? What a lovely way of putting it, right? Because that that's the thing. It is still there. It's, it's stories, yeah. stories, experiences, yeah. you know, and I think I put it in the book. Um, I've always struggled with my image. I don't think I ever will be completely happy with it, right? But I've just learned to, to, to get better at being okay with it. Um, I, I, and I, and I, can, I can probably trace a line back to when that started, right? And it was people saying things to me. Right, doctor saying something to me when I was three, mum, unfortunately, saying something else when I was not probably much older, kids then at primary school. And then you, these are all stories that you kind of carry with you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, but you said that, that well, freaking perfect version of you. And I, and yeah. is it Charlie? Well, Mackey's you become thing? those stories. They're, that's yeah. it, that who you become that person, don't you? Right. Yeah. 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 You, you, yeah. you tell yourself that narrative that stays with you. And, and then you start to make it fit, don't you, yeah. that story? Right. And again, that's what it, it comes down to, those conversations in your head. How you walk into a room is how you uh, respond to that thing going, right, you do not deserve to be here. That person you're talking to is so much better than you. And that when you actually get talking to that person, they are going to realise what a thundering wallopy you are. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to banish you from the yeah, room. Yeah, but what you don't realise is that person is also panicking about you. They think you're amazing. And they're so we've all got... Eight billion of us have got these screaming insecurities in our head thinking we're not enough. Whereas the truth is we are more than enough. We are amazing. But we just forgot. Yes. And really interestingly, then if we are all walking around feeling like this, who are we pitching our worth against? If we're all walking around yeah. terrified that someone is going to kind of blow our cover, 
and realise that it's actually a rubbish experience to spend any time with us. Yeah. <laughs> we pitching our worth against. Oh, it's an emperor, emperor's new clothes is. situation, isn't it? Yeah. It is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. okay. Well, I, I, what, I've, what I've learned is um, not to set myself too seriously, actually. I think I realised, because I used to, obviously what we do is quite serious, but the art of being real, we try and deliver with a smile on our face and a, a, a twinkle in your eye and a bit of humour. But I always kind of stopped trying to be perfect and just to not tempt myself. The pratfall effect, I can't remember if it's in our book, but I wrote about it once. The pratfall effect is it's like a proper science thing if you Google it. It's like you are deemed to be more attractive when you mess up. And I quite like that. Mm -mm. So like, you know, when you do something stupid or you, but you don't try and cover it up, you just revel in your ridiculousness mm. then people think you're more gorgeous as a result of that so actually messing up is quite sexy right and looking a bit silly is quite attractive yeah then yeah. i mean that's yeah so stop apologizing let's yeah. mess up sometimes it's okay. that's what you've got to tell yourself right messing up is sexy <laughs> you heard it here certainly did and it's so true messing and actually that's sexy. what people connect with and what you've talked about there is authenticity. Yeah, like, well, it is really. Yeah. It is. Yes, it is authenticity. Because we all have this sort of like, you know, actually the, the show version of us, right? It, it, you know, you go to a dinner party and you put your best yeah. self on. Yeah. Don't you can put your best yeah, self yeah. on. And that's what people go, unless you've had yeah, one too many. It's hard work though, isn't it? Yeah, hard work putting God. your best self on. It's exhausting. Yeah. It's exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> and then you've got this real kind of, you know, messy, clumsy, embarrassing, shameful private life. Yeah. Have you got one of those as well? Yeah, that is so shameful, <laughs> and it's so embarrassing, and that follows you around all your life, right? But actually, because everyone has one of those, when you uncover it, and yeah. when you let people in, because all we're doing is this is why yeah. social media is so popular. Yeah. Uh, when uh, well, hmm, social media, when someone is authentic on social media <laughs> and shows all the you know the kind of rubbish sides of life, that's why that person is really refreshing. Because actually, all we're looking for, I think, is someone to tell us that they, and I'm going to try not to muck up as well, right, that their lives are, they put foot, feet wrong and and they're messy and that they mess up and, you know, all those sorts of things. That's what we're looking for, which is why when you're, you know, and it could be anywhere, it's any conversation, but especially when you're up, you know, on stage talking to people, when you mess up and you kind of laugh about it, not even style it out, yeah. when you just don't try and hide it, yeah. people go, oh, so it's not just me. It's a real person up there, <laughs> it's yeah. A it's a, it's there. a fallible human being like yeah. like the rest of the audience. It's yeah. a mess. Yeah, and we talk well, about breaking the fourth better. wall. Actually, yeah. this has just come to mind. Yeah. Um, and I, haven't, I didn't see this live, but again, one of my favourite actresses, because she is brilliant, but again, a very complicated, nuanced human being, as we all are, Sheridan, Sheridan Smith. Yes. She's fabulous. Yes. And I think I, I saw a clip online and I think it was from Funny Girl, in which she, you know, ran in for, for a good long while. And, you know, even on stage where everything is supposed to be kind of note perfect, she was she was on stage with her love interest, I think. And the guy left the stage, but banged into the set as he as he left. Mm. And without missing a beat, she just went, mind that. Uh, and it, I think she was American, so it would have been an American accent. I won't, uh, I won't uh, treat you to that. And but as he he then walked off, and then she did a little bit of blurb, a little bit of kind of dialogue to to the audience. And then as she walked off, she made a real thing of moving around the set, so breaking yeah. the fourth wall. Yeah, but yeah. everyone absolutely yeah. wet themselves because yeah. it was like, well, like, we knew that happened. Yeah. Like, so don't hurt, like don't no, hurt. that's we, right, that's right. Yeah. And, and again, Make something of it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah indeed, yeah. it becomes a feature. Probably put it in every night after that, <laughs> wouldn't it? <laughs> but listen, I don't know. But I'm so sorry because I know I could talk about this forever. Don't apologise. Um, 
is that so again we work with different organizations over the years and we've brought you in a few times haven't we Andy to a couple yeah. of conferences <laughs> and there was one conference <laughs> that you delivered yeah. that is the noise and it just everything fell apart it was an old dusty London building wasn't it basement yes. building yes really old tech and I think there's just the the I don't know if the the walls might have caved in they might have done it felt that way but the music wasn't playing the videos messed up the slides died thanks for reminding me yeah <laughs> but it was all that those things that you just cannot prepare for <laughs> and then maybe I don't know half hour into it you came onto stage and you were sort of you're really active on stage which is another thing I love and I think you just tripped up mildly right but you just tripped up just a little bit and you stopped and you looked at me in the audience and you went it's not going very well, Suze, is it? And everyone just fell about laughing. And it was, I think, because you did it, you did it. So, well, things were messing up and there was no amount of preparation. One thing I've really come to learn, no amount of preparation survives contact with reality. <laughs> That's a tweet. I'll be tweeting that <laughs> yeah. later. Yeah. yeah. So well, life's a contact happen. sport, isn't it? You, yeah, yeah, you can prep and prep and prep. Yeah. Um, but life is going to continue to do what life does, which is yeah. quite frankly at the moment, quite life's fast. It's brutal. It's quite relentless. It's exhausting. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of people burnt out. So um, I think we can't do anything about the external world. It's going to continue to be crazy out there, but dealing with a bit of the craziness in here, which is what we're trying to do at Art to Be Brill, really, yeah. isn't it? Is being your best self in an imperfect world. Um, I think that's the, where the magic source is. It, Hopefully we can give a few clues in these podcasts and in our books and our, um, our keynotes about how to do that, how to, there's a lot of people talk about best self and a lot of people talk about um, living your best life. But I think we, we've got the science of that, actually. That's really where we're going with it. Yeah. It is the science of how to live your best life. It is. Yeah. It is. But also knowing, and we've, you know, we've kind of covered it, haven't we? Knowing that those thoughts are always going to be there, the messy thoughts, the messy yeah. events and all that yeah. sort of stuff. And just allowing time for that. But knowing, yeah. okay, well, actually, I've just, I've just, uh, okay, awareness. <laughs> I know I've just told myself that. Or I know I've just been an arse to that person. Um, I just said I haven't got a potty mouth earlier on, and I yeah, think I have. Okay. I think my natural we got away with that. One, so don't, don't <laughs> yeah. that yeah, but just okay. Well, I'm just going to catch that. Right, stick a pin in it, and then I can start to make those moves towards shifting to whatever it might be. A more, yeah, a more resourceful mindset, or feeling a bit calmer, or you know, more confident in in the moment. So yeah, it's steps, but knowing the mess will always be there. Yeah, good. Okay. Yeah, quit aiming for perfection and start to be a slightly better version of you than you were today. And I think that, that's it. I mean, that's what I'm trying to do. And sometimes I fail, but it's, I'd have some fun trying as well. But I'm going to leave it there, Suze. I think I had 20 minutes, 25 minutes is up. But it's been an absolute pleasure. I feel so relaxed. I could talk to you forever. That's the thing. You've got one of those voices and these things. I could just chat. There's so many things on my list. I did have a plan, dear listener and dear viewer, that we haven't even scratched the surface of. So Didn't survive no. contact with reality. No, it didn't. No, yeah. we just had a chat instead, did. didn't we? All right. Yeah. Susie Lavington, thank you very much indeed. And um, if you want to book the world's best keynote speaker, she's sitting right here. You superstar. <laughs>
Feel free to check out our training and the little shop of happiness at artofbrilliance.co.uk. Thanks again. See you next time for another amazing episode.